The Lord is good. And I'm very thankful for the presence of God. Uh, he made me cry, so... <laughs> Anyway, the Lord blessed us with 50 wonderful years together. And I had a wonderful husband. He was, he's pro, he was one of the best husbands in the world. He was so good and unselfish and kind. And I really miss him. But you know, God is just uh, helping me and keeping me. And uh, I'm looking for direction as to how the Lord wants to lead us, lead me. I'm not quite used to saying me instead of us anymore. So, But I'm just so thankful for the goodness of God. And I'm also thankful for the goodness of my daughter and Ben. <laughs> you know, they, they nursed us both. And um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy especially because I'm not a very good patient. But... <laughs> But the Lord gave us grace, and he brought me through. And I was thinking, as I was meditating on what the Lord wanted me to share this morning, and I, one of the things I really, the Lord makes more real to me every year is, and especially during this time, was the power of the prayer of God's people. Now you think, well, that's kind of a strange thing, in, in uh, circumstances, but you know, the power of prayer. God has been speaking it over and over to me through the years and making it real, but I, there were people all over the world that were praying for us, and I know I only made it through by those prayers. And my husband made it through too, but he made it through into glory. We know it was God's time for him. But I was meditating... You know, Luke 18 says, Jesus gave a parable, and he gave it for the purpose that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means we don't become discouraged. And many times the church prays, or we pray in our own situation, and we don't see the prayer answered right away, and we become discouraged. But the Lord says we're not to become discouraged, but we're to keep asking and asking, even as the widow did. And I, the Lord laid three things on my heart to share concerning this. And one happened in 1997, we were just getting ready to visit Malawi. And I found out I had a cyst on my ovary. And the doctor gave me medicine for it, and he said, you just have to watch this throughout the years, but eventually you'll probably have to have it operated on. And so the years went by, <clears throat> and in 2007, I had an ultrasound done on it, and the doctor said, you realize it's this big now. Now that's about three times the size of an ovary itself. But God has spoken to me. He was going to take care of it. So I just looked at the doctor and smiled and said, I know. And we left. And then I felt like the Lord has left me, led me through different stages in prayer at different times in my life. So after, at that stage, the Lord began to put on my heart that I have about six numerous things that... Um, at least, that I need healing for. They're, not, they're mo for the most part, not life-threatening, but they disturb my daily life <laughs> at times. And so I began to pray every morning when I wake up before I get up and stuff. I would begin to enumerate those things. 
and I would pray for the Lord for healing. In 2010, I fell, and I caught myself on my arms like this, and my right arm was so sore that after about two weeks, I said to my husband, I must have broken that arm. I think we'd better go to the doctor. So he took me to the doctor, and it wasn't a torn arm. It was my uh, tendons were very, very bad. But anyway, during the process of being at the doctor's, the, my husband said, I want you to, ch to uh, look at her ovary too because I'm concerned about it. So he sent me to the doctor for an ultrasound. And the doctor uh, did an ultrasound. And Dr. Sam, and he's looking for it. Now, he had seen it twice before. So he's looking for it. And he said, I don't see anything there. And I said, well, maybe it was my left ovary. <laughs> so then he looked at my left ovary. And he said, I'm not seeing anything. So he's going up and over and trying to find it. And he finally said, there's nothing there. And I said, are you sure? And he said, oh, yes, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, cyst there at all, nothing. And I said again, are you sure? I asked not because I was unbelieving, but because I wanted to make sure it was a real testimony of God's healing. And he looked at me, and so he's Seventh Adventist, a, a, I think a Christian man. And then he began to tell me about how Peter came and knocked at the door, and Rhoda went to open it. And when she saw it was Peter, she was so surprised, she ran and told the church who was praying for him. <gasps> Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. And no one believed that either until they finally <laughs> opened the door for Peter to come in. <laughs> but, you know, that's how many of our prayers are. We pray and pray. And when God does it, we can hardly believe it happens. And sometimes that's because it doesn't really rest on our faith, but it's because God is a merciful God. And anyway, that was a real testimony. But I had prayed and prayed for two years. And I remember I quit praying for it. And I don't know exactly why, but I hadn't prayed for it for a while. But the Lord knew I didn't need to pray for it because it was healed. It was done. And then when I was, had the COVID, I want to share another scripture with you. I get the scriptures confused, so I want to read them because I can't remember exactly how it says, okay? In Isaiah 59, 16, the Lord said, and he saw that when the Lord saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Sister Bailey told me, I think back in 86, that the Lord was going to lead me into intercession. And when someone says that to you, you have this great big idea of someone just praying 20, 20 hours a day and interceding for this and for this and for that. And... Uh, and I was a mother of five, including a newborn at that time, going to the mission field. And I thought, Lord, how am I ever going to have time to be an intercessor? <laughs> but when I was so sick with COVID, and I was really sick, as you most know, and everyone here was praying for me, and I thank you again so much for that. But I didn't know anything that was going on. Basically, I lost most of the month of July, as far as memory goes. And... Uh, I was not very functional. But I, was, I remember night after night, I was lying in bed. Now, I didn't remember anything that happened, and, and you know, I could hardly walk. 
and I couldn't talk very sensibly. But in uh, about six weeks earlier, someone had called us, and they had shared a burden with us to pray. And I began to pray for them, and I felt that I needed to make a commitment to the Lord that I would pray and I would stand in the gap. And in Ezekiel, it talks again about there was no one to stand in the gap, to stand in the hedge. You know, standing in the gap is like there's a broken hedge and people can come and go. And you need to have that fixed up. And God says, you got off and we, the hedges are torn down from people for, some, for certain reasons. And we need a man or a woman to stand in the gap so the enemy can't come in and destroy. And uh, I was so sick, but at night, just to show you how I was not functioning, I would lie there at night, and I would have, I had this big head. It was like it was on the pillow, and I could touch, <laughs> I could touch this big head. And I'm thinking, I have such a huge head. I can hardly hold it up on this pillow. And I was so convinced I had this huge head. And about, it'd been about nine or 10 days since I had even looked in a mirror. And I walked by one day and looked in the mirror. I stood before and I thought, oh, I've got a small head. And I was so surprised to see how small my head was. Now it was during this time that at night, God would bring this back to me. And I would pray. I laid in bed and I would pray what I committed to pray for. Do you see God's, God's emphasis, excuse me, God's emphasis on prayer for his people? How important your prayer is. Many of us are getting older and we're not as strong to do things, but we can pray. And God honored that commitment I made that even when I could thought my head was like this and I could hardly talk I could hardly walk I was constantly just coughing and in pain taking oxygen but I could pray and God would bring that back to me every night to pray because that's how God looked at it he looked for an intercessor one to stand in the gap and when we make a commitment, and many of us in our own family were having problems, or maybe our grandchildren, or our nieces or nephews, or our church, or whatever, if we make a commitment, and we really make it in our hearts, God will help us fulfill that. That was such a valuable lesson I learned, that God will help us fulfill our commitments to him, even when we are not sure what we're doing, where we are, or anything. God is there, and he honors our commitment to him. And then I wanted one other time, the important, this was in, uh, I went to, we went to Botswana in 1987. We left with a nine-month-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, nine-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And we'd never been to the field before. We had had no scouting party. There was no one there waiting for it. <laughs> but we went because the Lord spoke. And uh, I think it was in 89. I got a letter from a young couple. 
Now, this was a girl I had babysat for through the years, and she grew up, and they had and married a wonderful Christian man. <clears throat> and she wrote me. Now, I knew she had one, a one-year-old when I left, but she wrote and told me that she had had her third son, and all three of the children were retarded. And it was a genetic thing, and each of the children got worse as they went. And she said, oh, would you just pray, pray for me? And I had made, and so that was such a burden to me because I had these five healthy, healthy, wonderful children. And here was this mother struggling with three. And so I took it upon myself. I didn't exactly make a commitment to the Lord, but I started praying for her. Every time I went to pray, I would pray for her. And it was like I had a vision of her the second or third time. She was, the rain was pouring down. And she had an umbrella over her. And the rain was just whipping the umbrella away, and she was totally unprotected. And her husband was standing over there, and he's looking at her saying, what can I do? And I prayed, and I prayed for probably nine months. And the Lord, the Lord laid it on my heart. He would not let me pray for anything else. I used to go over about five times a week, you know, with all the kids in the house. <laughs> But I, but I would go over to the church about an hour a night, and I would pray. And uh, the Lord wouldn't let me pray for anything else until I prayed for her. So when we came home on furlough, we were at her house for dinner one night, and, and then suddenly it was lifted. The burden was lifted, and I no longer prayed for her. Well, I give a passing. Maybe I think about it once more. I say, oh, Lord, bless her, you know. But the burden was gone. So when I, we were having dinner in her house one night, I shared that with her. She said, do you remember what day it was? And I did. I told her the day. Now I don't remember. <laughs> I told her the day, and she went to my calendar. And she said, that was the day that their local church stepped up and said, you need help. And they started sending people to help her take care of the three kids. All of them were on diapers. None of them could walk. You know, she really needed help. And someone would come over from the church and help her. Other people would come over and bring her food. People would, in the church, they started one, one night a week, someone came and babysat so she and her husband could get away. And up to that point, they had done nothing. But see, God used me to pray to fill in that gap until the church stepped in and did what they should be doing. You know, so we can look at our limitations and say, I can't do much. But God said, pray. Offer yourself. Look around you. If your family doesn't have needs, I'm sure you know families that do. And say, Lord, I want to stand in the gap. I want to pray. And you all stood in the gap for us, and I thank you very much. But God wants a people, praying people, that will stand in the gap, and we will see the revival coming and the needs, one by one, being met as each of us take a burden on our hearts to pray and to intercede for God. Amen.